The entire world is talking about oil, most specifically oil prices. I thought I would talk about something a little bit different today since we're all focused on oil. Where does it really come from? The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. How many of you are aware that the term fossil fuels is just a theory? There's absolutely no evidence that petroleum products come from fossils. As a matter of fact, the oil industry drills significantly deeper than the deepest level at which a fossil has ever been found. Furthermore, about a year and a half ago, I ran the numbers that the, the amount of oil that human beings have consumed since it became widely used, which is after we moved in the, the beginning of the 20th century. And the reality is the amount of matter that would be necessary to, if the theory even is true, that compressed matter for over 650 million years deep in the earth turns to petroleum, if that's even true, the amount of matter that would be necessary to bring up the amount of crude that we have pulled out of the ground in the last 130 years, yeah, it's, it's a fantasy. It's a fairy tale. Uh, there is no way there was enough flora and fauna and animals and dinosaurs and so forth to, <laughs> to then transform into petroleum products in the quantities that we have pulled crude out of the earth and used in the last 130 years. It just absolutely, mathematically, is not possible. That alone should tell you that the fossil fuel model is not a valid model. I should also mention that the fossil fuel model first came up, first was theorized. That's a really important thing because I think like a lot of things in the world today, the, the theory has been around so long that people aren't even aware that it's just a theory. They, they actually take it as fact. So the theory of where petroleum comes from, this fossil fuel model, was first hypothesized in 1857. And as I said, it was a theory. There was absolutely no science to back it up. And to this day, there is absolutely no science to back it up. It became popularized, especially in the United States, by John D. Rockefeller, who heard a scientist bring it up someplace about 1890, if I recall. I haven't studied this in, in quite a few years. But he heard a scientist who had nothing to do with petroleum, <laughs> a totally unrelated scientist, happened to mention it. And John D. Rockefeller saw it as a way to create the impression in the market of scarcity. There's only so much, and it's constantly dwindling, so you really have to pay a lot to get it. That was John D. Rockefeller's model that he used for marketing using this hypothesis called fossil fuel to create the impression of scarcity. So is there a competing hypothesis, a competing model? Yes, there is. It's called the abiotic theory. And it is significantly different than the fossil fuel model, if for no other reason than it is at least possible. The fossil fuel mo model is just, it, it's nonsense. It's a fantasy, uh, as I said, for, for the sheer volume of crude oil that humans have brought out of the earth in the last 130 years that destroys the fossil fuel model. So at least the abiotic model does not face that dilemma. So here's what the abiotic model is essentially. 
that at the Earth's core, the Earth is doing things, of course, we don't know what really goes on in the Earth's core. That's why it's a hypothesis. That's why it's a model. Uh, that the, the What goes on in the Earth's core creates something. It may not be the crude that we pull out of the ground, but something like that. It's a byproduct of whatever goes on at the core of the Earth. And then as the Earth rotates, right? We know it rotates, right? Unless you're a flat earther. So the rotation creates this centrifugal effect, and whatever this byproduct is of what's going on at the Earth's core, it begins to migrate out away from the core up towards the surface of the Earth, and it finds little tributaries and cracks, and it works its way up until it finds a cavity um, a, where it can pool. And if it finds such a cavity and it pools, at a distance from the surface where man can drill down and get at it, then we bring it up out of the earth. So a couple of things about the abiotic model. Number one, it, it's not a scarcity model uh, per se, because the theory is the earth's core is constantly making more of whatever it is that as it filters outward through this centrifugal effect, as it filters outward through the various layers, that it what we end up getting our hands on is what we call crude oil. Okay, So that is, it, it replenishes, that it's just a constant thing that the core of the earth does under this model. So it's not, it's not a scarcity model per se, like the fossil fuel model is, which was Rockefeller's big the reason Rockefeller really liked the fossil fuel model and promoted it throughout the United States. And I think creating the impression in a lot of Americans by having it taught in school and so forth, which he funded, that it wasn't a theory, it was a fact, which benefited his marketing. So I said it's not a scarcity model per se. Why do I keep adding per se? Because if people, people might think, okay, it, it replenishes, great, then we're never going to run out of petroleum. We're never going to run out of crude oil, which we then distill into various products that we use. Okay, maybe. Because if the abiotic model is factual, if that's really how we end up getting our hands on crude oil, it is automatically replenishing itself constantly. However, this is where we get into a scarcity discussion. We don't know at what rate the core is producing, if the abiotic model is correct, whatever it is that it produces that then filters out and we know it as crude oil. We don't know in what volume the core might be producing that. So while in this model, these pools into which that byproduct is it filters up ends up, if it's close enough to the earth gathering and then we pump it up, if that model is accurate, we could still be pulling more out of the ground and consuming more every single year, year after year, than the rate of replenishment by the Earth's core. So, well, again, it, clearly then you see that the fossil fuel model is absolutely a scarcity model. And in fact, if, this, if the fossil fuel model were accurate, we'd long since have run out of uh, petroleum. However, with the abiotic model, we don't know. Will that day ever come? Well, if it's replenished, and that day is going to come. It's certainly going to come later. So really the question becomes if one buys into the abiotic model, which by the way, there's only two really competing models and there's not even really two because fossil fuels is nonsense. It's like, you know, the U.S. after the fall of the Soviet Union, the U.S. was the one remaining superpower. Well, when you take a close look at fossil fuel, then the abiotic model is the one remaining model of how uh, petroleum is produced and how we get our hands on it. So, well... Nobody on the planet, myself included, can prove that the abiotic model is factual. 
If it's the only one left standing, I'm going to give it a nod unless there's reason to believe that it's not valid. Now, I should add, whenever billions or trillions of dollars is on the line uh, with an with a model that serves a particular industry or industries, you can bet your ass that the establishment is going to close ranks against the truth if what benefits those industries is non-truthful, is non-factual. And that's exactly what goes on here. The establishment, despite the idiocy of the fossil fuel model, the establishment continues to say that that is the most viable model and the abiotic model is not truly viable, which it's actually the other way around. But of course, you can understand from the from the perspective of the oil industry, which has great sway with the politicians, which has great sway with institutions of higher learning and so forth, there's just this whole community that collectively we call the establishment. You can understand why it would be in the interest of the establishment to say that fossil fuels is correct, that it's not a fantasy, which it is, and to say that a biotic model is not factual because it severely reduces the argument of scarcity, which has the potential to diminish profitability. As you can see today, I just gave you an outline of this. You may never even heard of the abiotic model, which is with oil being talked about so much right now, why I wanted to bring it to your attention. I encourage you to do your own research into both models. Don't take my word for anything. I always say, don't believe me, please go do your own research. However, if you enjoy this kind of presentation where information is put on the table that you have never heard before and which cuts across the grain of false establishment narratives, I want to encourage you to go to drreality.news. Pick yourself up a copy of Body Science and or Income Tax Shattering the Myths. They do the same exact thing. They take the the narrative that's put out by government and industry, uh, various industries, depending on which book you're talking about, and in any particular respective subject matter, it creates the establishment narrative on that. So if we're talking about income tax, income tax shattering the myths, utterly guts, seriously. Um, anyone who's read it, the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who've read income tax shattering the myths can verify to you that it absolutely guts the establishment narrative that most or all Americans owe income tax. In fact, it's just the other way around. Almost all Americans do not owe income tax. And then body science is the same thing concerning human physiology with an emphasis on nutritional physiology. And explains why, despite our technology and all of our medical prowess, the United States is the most chronically ill society in all the history of mankind. That's a shocking statement. We are a more ill society than any society in the history of mankind, despite all of our science and technology, because of these false establishment narratives that are intended to prop up billion or trillion dollar industries and make them more and more profitable. And if you die, they don't give a fuck. Okay, so get yourself a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Mist. Get yourself a copy of Body Science. Uh, you have my word. They will be two of the most fascinating books you have ever read. And in doing so, you help me to continue to be here for you with these kind of presentations. Thanks. Thanks.